When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning. Charlie is on vacation, so who better to fill in than me? Kelly in Vegas. Kelly Stewart coming in this morning from, well, not Vegas, the free state of Florida, also known as the Sunshine State, of course. We have a busy week. Pitchers and catchers reporting. The Orioles, one of those surprise teams last year, and hope is eternal for so many baseball fans. But you have to wonder, the same can be said for Joe Biden and his chances of winning the re-election bid this November, fresh off a bombshell from last week. Special counsel report Joe Biden is an elderly man with poor memory and chronically repeated occasions where the president struggled to recall basic facts and it's likely to deepen his concerns about his age as he heads into a tough re-election battle. Biden refuses the cognitive test, but who needs a test when you have a highlight reel of blunders I think DJ Khaled said it best. Another one. Another one. Let's go late and lick the world. For Muslim, for, we cheer for Muslim athletes like Kareem Al-Jub- and, and and Joan Shingang. I'm going to pronounce right. Shanga Kawawa. Ban on transgender Americans, transgender Americans. Mr. President, thank you. Thank you. Thank you very Nicole, much. I appreciate it's great it. to have you. It's thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Don't go anywhere. It's a very exciting day around here. Um, We'll have reaction. Biden also didn't do a Super Bowl interview, but instead put out a very cringy TikTok, launching the account in an attempt to connect with younger voters. Well, here's another one and another one. Chiefs or Niners? Two great quarterbacks. Hard to decide. But if I didn't say I was for the Eagles and I'd be sleeping alone, my wife's a Philly girl. Game or commercials? Game. Game or halftime show? Game. Jason Kelsey or Travis Kelsey? Mama Kelsey. I understand she makes great chocolate chip cookies. Deviously plotting to rig the season so the Chiefs would make the Super Bowl or the Chiefs just being a good football team? I'm getting trouble if I told Trump or Biden? Are you kidding? <laughs> Biden. So why did Biden miss out on a prime opportunity to connect with millions watching the Super Bowl for a second year in a row? Because he's too old and they're worried he's going to fumble. Yeah, pun intended. So they needed a pre-taped TikTok to discuss Donna Kelsey's cookies to, well, avoid another one-on-one interview. Voters are also concerned that Biden is too old. An ABC poll cited that 86% of Americans believe that Biden is too old to serve another term, which includes 73% of Democrats. In case you needed more evidence that Biden has lost it, special counsel Robert Herr concluded that Biden is a well-meaning elderly man with a poor memory, a man who has diminished faculties in advancing age. We know this is, of course, to help him skirt around charges of mishandling classified documents. And now Democrats are launching, uh, lashing out, excuse me, over the findings of the report that are trying to claim that Republicans are trying to weaponize Biden's age as gratuitous to their agenda. Yeah, get used to that word. You're going to hear it again and again. 
gratuitous and inappropriate criticisms of the president. Way too many gratuitous remarks, the gratuitous remarks, the gratuitous comments. They're saying it's gratuitous. Okay? We certainly agree that it's gratuitous. The gratuitous comments in the report and the gratuitous comments in the report are troubling. It was gratuitous. Ad ad hominem, uh, gratuitous attacks. Politically motivated. Gratuitous. 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 The report was gratuitous. This seems like the height of interference. It's gratuitous. Is gratuitous superfluous statements about his memory. Let's welcome in Joe Concha, Fox News contributor. Joe, bottom line, Biden's 81 years old. And I'm shocked only 86% of Americans believe this. Uh, and well, the special counsel report also concluded Biden's memory is also to appear significant limitations. Mm. I know that Miss John Pierre believes Biden is still sharp, but I'm not sure he really is. We know Trump took the same test in 2020 and aced it in a phone interview with Hannity. Trump said Biden wouldn't take one because he wouldn't pass one. So we know Fumbling Joe is a liability for the Dems this fall, but I really wanted to get into the odds as the resident gambler here at OutKick. Yes. He is still the favorite to win the nomination. Make this make sense for me. Well, winning the nomination, he'll probably do because, you know, who's running against him, right? Marianne Williamson. Okay. Not, not all there uh, in, in her own right. Uh, and uh, I, I believe some congressman from Minnesota that I can't even name. Uh, he has such little name recognition. So Biden will win the nomination. It's when you get to the general election and when he's matched up against Trump, every betting odds that I've seen, as far as the bookmakers are concerned, has Trump up by anywhere from two to three touchdowns, so to speak. 20, 21 point difference between chan chances for Trump to win and for Biden to win. So uh, that, that's all I'm looking at at this point. The nominees are going to be Biden and Trump. And if Trump gets that rematch and he isn't, you know, in jail, he probably wins that rematch because Joe Biden, to your point, is trying to win the presidency by pleading the fifth, right? He hasn't done a television interview since October. When he's out there talking about stuff outside of a teleprompter, he's having conversations like that kid from The Sixth Sense with dead people over and over again. And not just people that just died a couple of weeks ago with Francois Mitterrand, who died, I don't know, nearly 30 years ago. He had a conversation with the German chancellor, Helmut Kohl, who died seven years ago. You have expect at this point for him to say, you know, I was talking to Napoleon the other day and he's really happy about our progress in Ukraine. So that's the impression that the American people have, a president that is far too old for the job now, let alone four years from now when he'll be 86 years old in the Oval Office, this version of Joe Biden. They're saying, yeah, I don't think so. He should step down and allow somebody else to lead the party at this point. Now, I know Michelle Obama has been quoted saying, who doesn't like politics, right? She does not want to get involved, it sounds like. But when these odds opened, she was high as 125 to one to be the Democratic nominee. Now she's just in second place ahead of Gavin Newsom. I yeah. know we keep hearing it's going to be Joe Biden, but as it stands today, it is a 20% implied odds that Michelle Obama is going to be the nominee. Are you hearing anything in your circles? Because one of my circles said back in November, Kelly, you need to bet a flyer on Michelle Obama at 25 to 1. Vivek Ramaswamy has been very vocal about her replacing Biden as the nominee. Joe, is she running? The, the, the buzz at cocktail parties and places that 
normally I don't like going to, but when you have to hang out with other political analysts and, and people that follow this stuff, the scenario that they keep putting out there is that in Chicago, which is Michelle Obama's hometown, and that's where they're holding the Democratic National Convention this year, in Chicago, they will convince Joe Biden to name some sort of health issue or I'm stepping down for the good of the country because maybe I am too old for the job. And then from there, super delegates and delegates then nominate Michelle Obama to, to be the nominee. Now, here's the funny part about all this. We keep hearing over and over, Kelly, how Democrats are the only party that can save this country and save democracy. And then they're going to do, in this scenario, the exact opposite of democracy, take the rights of voters in terms of all these primaries that we're having now, say they don't count and just have a select few decide who the nominee will be. So that's uh, anything but democracy at this point. But Michelle Obama, look, you look at polls where she's still the most popular woman in the world. So I guess they figured they could parlay that into winning the presidency. But can you tell me exactly what job she's had in the last 30 or 40 years? Because it hasn't existed. She was a, a lawyer many, many moons ago, and that's it. So even if you put her up there, Kelly, I think that in the end, people are going to say, wait a minute, what's she going to do to bring down inflation and my food prices and my rent and my home heating bills down? What's she going to do to stop crime in all these major cities that are making people move to places like Florida, where you are now, or Texas or Tennessee? What's she going to do exactly regarding the U.S. southern border and immigration? And how about all these wars that we have going on all over the world? What's her foreign policy experience exactly? So I think She's all foam. She's all foam and no beer. I think that's what I'm going for. All sizzle and no steak. It's it's a nice sounding candidate, but in the end, I think she loses maybe even worse than Joe Biden would against Donald Trump because she has no experience, and quite frankly, we really don't know her all that well. That's some really good points. Um, but one thing that concerns me, especially as a woman voter, was how many women voters Trump lost in 2020. And that is the biggest concern I have here in 2024. I do think she would get the suburban woman vote. And uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to get Trump to get those same women back on board. Do you expect that to be a concern for him in 2024? Absolutely. And, and, and that's why I think in the end, you'll probably see a female vice presidential candidate to kind of quell those fears a little bit. Uh, I, I'm hearing as far as that's concerned, Kelly, I, I, I don't know if there's any betting odds on this as far as who Trump's choice for vice president will be. But Tulsi Gabbard is a very interesting name that's popping up more and more in these same conversations that I'm having. Uh, Tulsi, obviously a Democrat, uh, once was a, a co-chair of the Democratic National Committee. Uh, it would be a very interesting choice to have a Trump-Tulsi ticket. Uh, but otherwise, you hear uh, Christy Nome or Elise Stefanik. But either way, I think in the end, it will be a male-female combination with Trump. And perhaps that gets him over the finish line in the six states that matter. Let's face it, forget national polls and forget national elections. You can win the popular vote, and that gets you a set of steak knives and a concession speech. In the end, you got to win Georgia, Arizona, Nevada, Michigan, Wisconsin, Pennsylvania. When four of those six states, you will be the next president. And right now, Donald Trump is up decidedly in all of those states. I am going to be uh, looking for those VP odds as soon as we get done with the show. Right. Joe, since we're on the topic of women, let's pivot to women's hoops. Nebraska netted a victory. Oh, 1.8 million viewers on Fox on Sunday over Iowa. The most watched women's college basketball game in Fox sports history. Now that's should not be a secret, but the popularity for the women's game is at an all-time high. Caitlin Clark 
of course, is fueling a lot of that interest. And last night, she broke the single season record for scoring in women's basketball prior to entering Thursday's game against Michigan. Clark was just seven points shy of tying the record and eight points becoming the sole owner of the new scoring title. She nailed a monster three uh, early in the game to become the record holder. Clark and the fourth ranked Iowa women's basketball team have become a must see attraction across the United States. Almost every single basketball game they have traveled to has been sold out. Fans have not been able to secure tickets prior to the sellout, have had to resort to secondary markets where they have paid thousands of dollars. But Joe, here's my issue. Last night, the game was on Peacock. What are we doing? Is that really the best way to continue to grow the sport? I do not need another subscription to watch another damn game. Come on, Kelly. You don't like Parks and Recreation? Because if you like that show, Peacock's for you. Now, look, it, I, unfortunately, it is the future. Uh, I, I hate to say it. We, we saw that Dolphins-Chiefs game, playoff game, Saturday night game. Uh, obviously, Patrick Mahomes and Tua. And, you know, there's a huge matchup in 30 to below weather in Kansas City. And they put that on Peacock, and they still drew about 25 million viewers. So that was an indicator that people will fork over the five or ten dollars, whatever it costs to get Peacock and watch the game. I I don't like it either. Believe me, I already got like so many subscriptions. I forget I had the subscription until I log in, and then I'm like, oh, I do have Paramount Plus. Uh, but I think eventually, and I wrote about this a couple of weeks ago, you will have a scenario where maybe the Super Bowl is only on pay-per-view or streaming, something where you have to pay for it. And I think enough people will fork over enough money where that'll rake in billions for the NFL. Uh, and and that's that's the way things are going at this point. It's all streaming, and that's that's our future, whether we like it or not. Joe, 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 I'm I'm I refusing know. to conform, except we know I'm gonna have to. Regardless, yeah. women's college sports is kicking some major ass. And while Caitlin Clark is not the only one slaying right now, it is just the start. Nebraska women's volleyball, I did not get to see in person just north of me. They took over an entire football stadium last year. That yeah in itself was crazy to see. Look at that. I mean, they can't even get that many people to a football game in Lincoln. Uh, all jokes aside, that was a little uh, K-State humor back in the big eight. <laughs> Plus, you have some Livy Dunn. Look at her, $2.3 million. She is the third highest paid college athlete now, both male and female. Joe, thank you for your insights. That was awesome. I'm going to go as I mentioned, look for some of those VP odds when we get mm -hmm. done here with that, this show. And, uh, you know, speaking of women's hoops, guys, I don't know if you saw this one last night. You probably had to have ESPN Plus in order to do so. This was a tough one. The brawl, Southern Miss, Arkansas State, women's basketball game. Nothing crazy going on. 30 to 26, Southern misses up. And oh, by the way, now we see an elbow. Oh, and now we got lots of pushing and a crush coach. Then a fan tries to get in on the action. And uh, oh, by the way, that now becomes several fans, maybe parents or family members of some of these ladies. They come down the stairs to get into it as well. This was absolutely crazy. Bananas to see, in fact. Uh, five players end up getting ejected. Uh, Dominique Davis, as you guys saw there, late in the second quarter, got a little tangled up there with Arkansas State, where, uh, State forward Emmer, 
Emma Embore, and uh, while she was going for a rebound, gave Davis a late shove. Chaos ensued on the bench. Punches were thrown, and Wilder was not a line on the game, guys. Ooh, maybe I could have got some knockout odds from some of the bookmakers I know in Vegas because this was an absolutely wild one. You never like to see this stuff as we have been sitting here talking about growing the game and what's best for the game. These types of things, unfortunately, are a bad look. I know it, guys. I played uh, high school basketball. Emotions can get the best of you sometimes, but this one uh, probably did not need to escalate that further. Uh, but lots of excitement there in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. And the same can be said for the Riviera Country Club in Los Angeles, Tiger Woods, making his 2024 season debut and his first official start on the PGA Tour since he was in the Masters last April. Let's bring in Mark Harris, outkick writer and fellow golf lover. Welcome in, Mark. Tiger shanked, unfortunately, his last shot of the day. And then we found out he had some back spasms and some speculation that he may withdraw today. We'll see if he ends up teeing off. But bottom line, the PGA Tour desperately needs him to play. Why? Because he brings in the ratings. Yes, absolutely. And they, the PGA Tour has had such a bad run to start 2024. Just nothing out of their out of their control with the weather. Just multiple weather delays. We had the, Pe the Pebble Beach tournament cut to 54 holes. Last week at the Waste Management was a complete mess. Multiple, multiple delays there. It took forever to finish that golf tournament. But yeah, Tiger still brings the juice. He doesn't move the needle. He still is the needle. He will be as long as he's competing at this level. Um, but when you when you talk Tiger, you have to start with expectations. And, you know, there's the group of people that still think that, you know, he can win at any time he tees it up. And then there's people that live in reality where you just it's kind of a gift that we get to watch Tiger Woods play golf at this level. And you have to take it day by day. Like yesterday, he started off with a birdie, uh, goes bogey, bogey, and makes another birdie. It's like, OK, you know, he's got some juice. And then, like you alluded to, just the back spasms pop up. And he said it countless times, like he can't recreate these competitive environments back home playing with Charlie and all his buddies is high stakes or whatever they're playing for. So yeah, it's, it's just going to be uh it'll be interesting to see, you know, what it is. Like I said, you just have to take it a day by day basis, but you know, we'll see what, uh, what unfolds in LA. Yeah. As I mentioned, day two of the Genesis open you and uh fellow resident golf geek, we'll call him Jeff Clark. We're on a podcast recently. He's got two bets going right now. One, I was shocked to see. He cannot bet against Scotty Scheffler, I feel like, most days. But he I did blame him one. on that one. You did. Okay, good. I love to see it. And then right now, Adam Scott is leading Max Homa. I have a just a curious question. I love that we can bet day two, uh, Genesis, as well as still get some live action. Who do you think is going to come out victorious there in the, the Genesis Open? I think it's your guy, like you said, Scotty Scheffler. Um, his, his stuff right now is just different level T2 green, but when he gets on the green, it's just, it's a complete mess. Yesterday in the opening round, he had 10 birdie putts within 15 feet and made three of them. I mean, the putter is as cold as cold gets, but he's hitting it in spots on the greens that not even the best in the world or, or even attacking. Like the guy is just absolutely unconscious now. Um, funny enough, his odds to win the tournament after day one are the same as when they opened, even though he's three or four shots back at Patrick Cantlay. He's at plus 650, a lot of books, but I think he's going to get it done just because sooner rather than later, he's got to find some kind of group with the putter. If he just puts right at average, he's going to win golf tournaments by three, four, five shots. And, you know, I don't think he's going to win by three or four or five this week, but I could see him finding the winner's circle, no doubt. 
I've been kicking myself uh, since January because every single winner of the PGA tournament this year has been won by a golfer with a hundred to one odds or more of the season. I mean, there has been so much money to make on the PGA, but it's so hard for me to find those long shots. And as I start looking at the master's odds, we just mentioned Scotty Scheffler. He is the odds on favorite currently eight to one right behind him are McElroy and Rom Brooks Kepka 16 to one. Fan favorite, Max Homa, 25 to 1. Justin jo- Dustin Johnson, excuse me, 28 to 1. And then Phil and Tiger, both 100 to 1. Let's talk some Masters. I know it's two months away, but it's one of the more exciting tournaments. And as I mentioned, fan favorite as a fan, Max Homa. But we know guys like Max just don't perform well in major tournaments. Who are you looking at uh, as a possible bet on spot here for the Masters? Yeah, Homa, it's, that's his M.O. He just has not performed at majors at all. I think he has more missed cuts than made cuts. So I'll probably stay away from him unless he shows a lot of form. Um, kind of two that I've circled. I, I, I like Victor Hovland right now. That could change if his odds go shorter. He hasn't shown too much life. So his odds right now are about double of Scotty and Rory. You can get him about 15, 16 to 1. Um, he's, clearly, he's a top three player in the world when he's on. He's shown some life this week, but I think you maybe can hold on to that ticket or placing that ticket until closer to, like I said, it could get a little bit longer. Cam Smith's another one. He's a live guy. I think, you know, you've got to, you got to show love to some live guys, Cam Smith or Kepka. Uh, and then one way down the board, which I was stunned that it was, I thought it was an error at the book that I placed it at, but JT Poston is 190 to one. Um, and he, he ticks every single box. Um, he doesn't have a ton of major success, but all he does is hit greens. He's seventh on tour this year in greens and regulation. He's one of the hottest putters in the world. Um, if he could, you know, find some bit of form with the long irons at Augusta, his short game's unbelievable. He, he's a guy that, you know, you could you could wake up Saturday or Sunday. He's like, wow, he's fourth or fifth, and he's got a shot to win this thing. So way down the board, JT Poston's my guy. Yeah, shout out to his uh, caddy, Aaron Fleener, good friend of mine. Might have to look at JT as the long shot there. Mark, before I let you go, you mentioned the Waste Management Open last weekend. Uh, was a real shit show, right? I was in Vegas for the first time for the Super Bowl. And normally I participate at Waste Management, but it looked a little extra out of control this year. Drunk fans everywhere. I mean, there were insane videos and it even got so far that the tournament suspended beer sales early. That's something I've never seen happen there. Are we expecting some changes for next year? Yeah, they've come out and said that there's going to be some kind of changes and nothing's off the table. I don't know what those changes might look like. Uh, I, you know, you could limit some ticket sales. You could take some seats out, but that's, you know, not the greatest business plan in the world. You're just going to lose money on that. You can't really just say, you know, you can't put a beer limit or alcohol limit on these people either. You got to make money. They're there to have a good time spending hundreds and hundreds of dollars to get through the gates to begin with. And you're, you know, spending 18 bucks on a single beer out there. So it's a money making machine, but. I think it's one of those cases where you can't put the toothpaste back in the tube as far as the par three sixteenth goes. That's where it's kind of the sixteenth can be the sixteenth hole, the signature hole, but it's kind of bled into every other hole on the golf course, and that's where they're having their problems. Uh, we saw it with Billy Horschel yelling at a fan on the tenth hole. Zach Johnson, I think, was on seventeen or eighteen when he got into it with a fan. So you just can't have that kind of stuff where you're you know yelling in people's backswings all over the golf course. And it'll be interesting next year to see if you know some of these players that typically play i think zach johnson played in it almost a dozen times like maybe he doesn't show up next year the tournament you know zach johnson doesn't move the needle but you don't want guys dropping out of quote unquote your signature event um from both a broadcast and fan point so it'll be interesting to see what uh what they come up with next year yeah you nailed it i remember my first year at the phoenix open i said where's tiger 
they looked at me like I was a crazy person for how, why would Tiger ever play this right. event? And you're right. If we lose out on some of those star power type names, that is not going to help with the event. Mark Harris, the Outkick writer, thank you for joining us. And thank you, everyone watching at home. We will see you next week. We've got another great show. Charlie's going to return Tuesday morning. Until then, you can follow me on all your social channels at Kelly in Vegas. 